and have someone even making contact with you to ask you about, you know, the furtherance of the Bible study. So please let us help you with these things and let this be an excellent resource for you and for your family. Can we get an amen on that? Amen, amen. You'll see the link in your email. If you didn't get the email, let us know so that we can send that out to you. And if you have questions about it, don't hesitate. You can contact the office anytime during the week. And one of us there will be able to walk you through all those details. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's dive into God's Word this morning. We are in John chapter 5. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 5. The title of today's message is Truly, Truly. And I don't know about you, but I have been enamored by the amount of attention in our society associated with superheroes. Everyone say superheroes. Superheroes. And uh, I grew up on comic books about Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man. Maybe you grew up on comic books too. But I was kind of a Marvel comic book guy. I remember when our family would go on road trips, we would stop by the local store and we could pull out a bag of comic books. And typically there would be three comic books in each bag. And all of the kids could get their bag. And I always went straight for Spider-Man. Because I, I thought, man, how cool would it be if I could spin webs and swing through the air? And so it was just an enamored thing. In 2008, Marvel Studios came out with the first superhero movie. Maybe you engaged in that. It was Iron Man. Raise your hand if you went and saw Iron Man. I mean, there were some amazing things with Iron Man. And since 2008, the last decade, over 20 movies have come out. Superheroes like Iron Man, like the Hulk, like uh, Thor, right? And he just takes off, and he could do all kinds of things. Spider-Man, the adventures of Spider-Man, all these things. And the guy who was one of the main illustrators for the Goodwin comics, which was early on, and I can't remember what year it was, but it was way early on, was a guy by the name of Stan Lee. How many of you have heard the name Stan Lee? Okay. Stan Lee became the guy. In fact, in all of the Marvel Studio movies, he shows up in the movie somewhere as a character, and so, you know, part of the watching the movies is you got to find Stan Lee in the movie, right? Well, all that being said, today's text is about a superhero in the real sense. But before we get there, in 1959, there was a game show that was released. And this game show went for 25 years. You're probably familiar with it. In fact, since it ended in, I think it was 1980 or 1979, wherever it was, it's had three more releases, and so it's probably up to 30 years running. I think it's currently running on ABC. The game show is To Tell the Truth. Raise your hand if you've seen or heard the, the game show To Tell the Truth, right? Three characters will be introduced to a panel of celebrities, and one person is the real person, and two others are imposters, the one real person or character has to tell the truth when he's questioned by the panel of judges, and the other two can lie, and then it's up to the panel to ascertain who is telling the truth and who is the real. And in 1970, Stan Lee was on to tell the truth. And so I have a little clip of that. Hopefully you'll be able to see this. John, can you run that little video clip? It's about two and a half minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, Gary Now let us meet our comic book creator, 
Number one, what is your name, please? My name is Stan Lee. Number two. My name is Stan Lee. Number three. My name is Stan Lee. All right, panel, now here is Stan Lee's affidavit. It says, I, Stan Lee, write and edit comic books. My specialty is and has been superhero comic books. Comic books have long been a major part of the American cultural scene, but I have been active in updating and modernizing the cartoon heroes and their adventures. It used to be that the muscular He-Man with cape and mask had as their traditional enemies all kinds of creatures from outer space and from distant planets. But my superheroes also battle the forces of evil found right here on the planet Earth. Today, if you flip a comic book, you may discover Spider-Man in the midst of a campus riot, or the Fantastic Four losing money on the stock market, and Captain America, along with my latest creation, the black superhero Falcon, teaching ghetto youngsters not to trust their local drug pusher. Signed, Stan Lee. Number two, these comic books that you're talking about, do these like Captain, Captain America, he's in a comic book, is he also in a regular daily strip in the newspapers? No, no, he isn't. Number, number three, are there any comic strips other than Peanuts that you read daily in the papers that are a success in comic books? Not uh, generally. Number, number one, I had a favorite when I was a kid, Tilly and Mac. That was good. <laughs> Tilly and Mac was good. Tilly and Mac, and yes. then it was Dagwood and... Blunt. Number Welcome one. Welcome to the Medicaid uh, show. <laughs> I'm not that old. Uh, no, number one, uh, did you have a favorite comic book when you were a kid or a famous comic character? Prince Valiant. That information, we must mark our ballots. And as usual, we put on them a one, or we put on them a two, uh, we put on him a three. On that basis, you've got, uh, uh, ooh, there we go. Will the real Stan Lee, please stand up. There's Stan Lee. Will the real Stan Lee rise? This portion of scripture that we're looking at, Jesus is going to give truthful statements about his identity about who he is and the impact on you and I, on the impact that occurred in that first century. He made foundational declarations of truth. The title of today's sermon is Truly, Truly. Truly, Truly. If you have the New King James, you would see that our text at least three different times will say, Most assuredly, I say, unto you. If you have the authorized version or the King James version, you will see that phrase, verily, verily, I say unto you. Those words in the Greek are familiar words to everyone in this room. They begin with the phrase, amen, amen. Amen is a phrase that was translated and transliterated from Hebrew to Greek, letter for letter and word for word. Amen is Hebrew and amen is Greek. And then from Greek into Latin, amen, amen. Then from Latin into English, amen, amen. And like hallelujah, amen is the most world-renowned word that transcends every language and every culture. 
amen, amen. And when it comes in a sequence, amen and amen, it is a statement of truly, truly, most assuredly, you can bank on this. This is the unadulterated truth. To tell you the truth, Jesus will say. And so, you're already in John chapter 5. I'm not. Let me get there. John chapter 5 will begin in verse 19, verse 16. Let's begin in verse 16, and we'll read through to verse 30. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Let me stop here. Put your finger on verse 16. You see that verse 16 begins with the conjunction. It's the word for or therefore. And so it's referring back to what Jesus had just done. And you would recall from two weeks ago that we looked at the healing at the pool of Bethesda. And there was a man that was there that had been infirm for 38 years. And Jesus on the Sabbath raised him up, healed him completely, and instructed him, take up your mat and carry your mat and walk. And so the man did so, and the Jews questioned them about that and said, you can't do this, it's unlawful for you to be carrying that amount of weight on the Sabbath day. And he said, well, the man who healed me told me to pick up my mat and walk. And so they said, who is it? And he says, I don't know who it was. And they look around and where, where did he go? And then later we're told that Jesus found him in the temple and he said, see, you've been healed. Now go and sin no more. And the man discovered it was Jesus and went and told the Jews that it was Jesus that had healed him. It's fascinating to me that the Jews weren't even fascinated that a man that had been infirm for 38 years had been healed. They were more concerned that someone had instructed someone and had done these things on the Sabbath, violating the Mosaic law. And they sought to kill Jesus as a result of it. And they had legal rights in their understanding of the law and in their teaching of the law that they could stone him for violating the Sabbath. And so that's what they sought to do. And so they're persecuting. But Jesus answered. So he's responding to their statements. He says, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Now, I want us to wrap ourselves around this for just a moment because in that culture, they understood exactly what Jesus was saying. You see, in that culture, if a father had, a, a, had, a, had a, um, a job, if you will, or had his profession, that it would be very natural for his son to follow in the same footsteps and do what the father did. And so when Jesus was saying, listen, my father is working, and my father, incidentally, supersedes the Sabbath. He's the one who established the Sabbath. But Sabbath was for man, not for God. God never needed rest. And to this day, he does not need rest. He neither rests nor slumbers. And Jesus is giving us an indication that the father is busy at work to this very day, until now. And Jesus said, I also am working. I also am working. And they understood that he was claiming to be the son of God. God the son, claiming equality with God. Listen as we go further. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him. Because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also said that God was his father making himself equal with God. 
Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do, for whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. That you may marvel. That's a little plug maybe for the upcoming movies. <laughs> you may marvel. Listen. Jesus says, to tell you the truth, you're making these statements. Violation of the Sabbath. Equality with God. He says, to tell you the truth, I am equal with God. I am equal with God. I am God. God the Son. And he is making a declaration that he is deity. He is the Son of God. Now then, just like that would have had an impact on those men and women of that day, if this is Messiah, they know that Messiah will teach us all things. He will explain all the scripture. He will unfold how it is that we are to live. What does it mean to be governed by God? And I would suggest to every one of us today, Jesus is God, deity. Therefore, what he says has bearing on how we live, how we walk, how we live out our faith. I wonder, is it easy for us to hear the words of Jesus when he instructs us in righteousness? Maybe you're here today, and as you read through the Scripture and you hear the words of Jesus, you hear his instructions. Are there times where you say, well, so-and-so needs to hear that one? <laughs> But that doesn't apply to me. Heaven forbid I'd have to change, right? Forgiveness. If you forgive, you will be forgiven, right? Love your neighbors. Love your enemies, right? Pray for those who persecute you. All of a sudden, these things become very weighty. How about these? Consider others... Above yourself? Yeah. How are we doing in that category, right? Do I, am I putting others first? Am I hearing that scripture and is it giving me opportunity to make transformative change in my life? Am I allowing the Spirit of God to have his way? Am I allowing the Lordship of Jesus Christ? This book that doctrinally we say this is our rule of faith and conduct. This is our measuring stick on my daily living. How is that playing out in my daily living? God help us. God help us. They were making a twofold charge, a Sabbath breaker in equality with God. Incidentally, breaking the Sabbath and claiming equality with God, ultimately claiming equality being the Son of God, was the reason they used to crucify 
the Lord because he claimed deity. He claimed to be equal with God. You can read that in John chapter 19 and verse 7, that very statement, because he claimed equality with God. That's why. So that implication for you and I, to tell you the truth today, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's our Savior. Thanks be to God. Can we get an amen? He's our Savior. My sin and the penalty for my sin and the penalty for your sin has been paid for. If your faith is in Jesus, your sin has been forgiven. Your debt, the wages of sin is death. That death has been paid for in Jesus. Come on, that's good news. That's good news. Thanks be to God. But lordship, is he Lord? Am I yielding to his word? Am I even taking time to ascertain what it is the word of God has to say about my marriage, about parenting, about how I'm to be a good employee or how I'm to be a good manager, right? Jesus said the greatest amongst you will be the servant of all. Am I engaging in that element of God's word, doing that transformative work in me? And the simple things that God begins to show us. Maybe it's in the area of just simply deceit. And he wants us to be truthful because he's the truth. And if we speak the truth in all things, then we have nothing. It's so great. You know that if you speak the truth, you don't have to remember anything you've said. Right? Because if someone comes and makes an accusation, you'll know that you didn't say that if it isn't the truth. That changes everything. And it can be so infinitesimally small. Right? Super small stuff. Accuracy with what we say. That's important. That's important. The second foundational truth, the first is to tell you the truth. Jesus said, I am. I am the Son of God. I am equal with God. The second foundational truth, the identity of Jesus in John chapter 5. To tell you the truth, Jesus said, I am the giver of life. I am the giver of life. Let's go a little further in our text. He says in verse 20, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Let me stop there for just a moment. We'll read a little bit more in just a minute. But this idea of honoring the Son, that would be the obedience to the Word of God. Am I honoring Jesus in my walk? You know, oftentimes we assume that when someone uses the Lord's name in a conversation or maybe cursing, they say, Jesus Christ, or they, you know, God, beep. 
We say, oh, you're taking the Lord's name in vain. Can I suggest to you that, yes, that may in fact be the case. But to claim to be a follower of Christ and not honoring his word and not following him, dying to yourself daily, taking up your cross and following him, that's taking his name in vain. If you're saying, I want the benefit of my sin forgiven, but I don't want to live according to the word of God and according to God's ways, it's taking his name in vain and it's dishonoring Jesus. God, help us to honor the Lord, amen, to walk in the newness of life. We are new creations in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. I've put off the old man and put on the new man that I might honor the Lord and love the Lord and walk in the Lord. He goes on to say, verse 24, most assuredly, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come in to judgment but has passed from death to life. Jesus says, to tell you the truth, Jews, to tell you the truth, church, I am the giver of life. The giver of life. There is one name given under heaven and earth whereby man must be saved. One name, the name of Jesus. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. He is Lord. Life and life alone is in Jesus. Now listen, how does that impact you and I? Well, number one, he says, if you hear him and you believe in his Father, believe the Father. I want to I, I just encourage you very quickly. Number one, hear his voice. The Lord is speaking. You and I, we have the opportunity to hear him speak. I love that Jesus says, the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that he himself is doing. Listen, he has given you and I the power to be called the sons of God. The Father shows the Son because of his love everything that he himself is doing. And I would suggest to you that our Father in heaven desires to show you and I what he's doing so that we can go and do those things. Can I get an amen? amen? That's epic. And I think that's an inspiration for you and I also in what we do and how we do what we do. If we look at Jesus and how Jesus lived his life, we would discover time and time and time again that he went off into a solitary place to pray, to talk with his father. Some nights he stayed up all night communing with the Father. He spent time rising early, slipping away from the crowd, getting alone with God. And he encourages you and me, when you pray, do this. Go into your closet, close the door behind you, and talk to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father 
who sees you in the secret place. He will reward you openly. The Father, it's a relationship. The Father loves the Son and reveals. Listen, I believe that God wants to reveal more to you and me as his children. More of what he's doing. Listen, we see, I, I look across the auditorium this morning, I can see the work of God in so many of your lives, especially those, I mean, I've had contact with even this week. And we can see and identify, look what God is doing. Pastor Dennis said to me, God is moving, God is moving. And we had this idea and this understanding, we were talking, Pastor Tim, we were saying, we have this understanding that God wants to do and he, we see him moving in the hearts and in the lives of people. And that's so encouraging. How much more does he want to do in and through us? I, I, I hope that inspires you to even modify your week this week. Not only might you get on that right now media and say, man, I'm going to listen to some messages when I'm driving. And I'm going to listen to some stuff instead of watching the latest sitcom. I'm gonna, maybe, I'm, maybe you're going to watch VeggieTales this week. Come on. It's great stuff. Francis Chan, yeah, great Bible teachers. Great Bible teachers, resources that are available that we would be being built up in our most holy faith. Listen, the scripture tells us that he has given, he, Jesus, has given some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists for the equipping of the saints, for the works of the ministry that God has prepared in advance until we all come to the unity of the faith. Oh, that we would avail ourselves of those very things, and that we would change our schedule this week and say, I'm going to rise early, and I'm going to go into the closet. Maybe your closet is going downstairs in the kitchen when no one else is around and opening the refrigerator and finding the bacon that was cooked yesterday <laughs> and eating that little snack beforehand, but then talking to your father and asking him, unfold the truth so that it can be transformative in my life. Connect up with others in the faith and begin that discipleship process. Oh, that we would allow the Lord that work. Let's go a little further. He says in verse 25, most assuredly or verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. I want you to know something real quickly. There's a spiritual statement here. There's a spiritual statement. Dead people hearing the voice of God and living. Before you and I knew Jesus, we were dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, the word of God says. But God in his great mercy. Romans tells us, God demonstrated his love toward us when while we were yet sinners, dead in our trespasses and sin, Christ died for us and he brought life. Come on. Transitioning from death to life. The old is gone, the new has come. I am a new creation in Christ. The, I, this old man, Dave, died. And the new man, Dave, and the power and the resurrection of Jesus is alive. You, alive. In Christ. Listen, people you know need Jesus. India needs Jesus. Africa needs Jesus. Clackamas needs Jesus. 
the people that you know that don't know Christ, they need Jesus. You see, to tell you the truth, he says, all judgment has been given to the Son. The Father judges none but the Son. To tell you the truth, Jesus said, I am the judge. The judge. Now, what does that mean to you and I? He's the judge. There is a resurrection that's coming. Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. There's another harvest coming, and there will be a resurrection. There's a time coming in our text. He says, listen, he says, for as the Father has life in himself, verse 26, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment. Also, because he is the Son of Man, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. And he says, I can do nothing. I can do, I of myself can do nothing. As I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. There is a resurrection that is coming. Now, I believe that we're going to be raptured. The Lord's going to, the trumpet's going to blow. The angel's going to say, come up here. Bam, those who are alive in Christ will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we will be with the Lord forever. Come on, Jesus, let's go. Ready. I would love the trumpet to be sounded now. But be assured, he is the judge. And he will judge the living and the dead. Now, the judgment of our sin has already been judged on Jesus. But what we've done with the eternal life that he has given us, we will give an account. That should be sobering. For each of us, how am I living my walk? Am I squandering what God has done for me? Am I missing the purpose? It's no longer our kingdom, but his kingdom. Remember, Jesus also taught us to pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Where? On earth, as it is in heaven. Not my kingdom come, my will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Right? As believers and followers of Jesus, how desperately, come on up, worship team, how desperately we need that work. Recognizing that there is a judgment of, yes, it's a judgment of reward and it's coming and thanks be to God. But the Bible tells us in this judgment seat, the judgment seat of Christ for the believer, that our works will be placed on an altar and they will be tried by fire. And he talks about if there's precious stones, gold, and he says, or wood, hay, and stubble. If it's wood, hay, and stubble, it will be consumed. And he explains, the Spirit of God explains to us that some, all their works will be consumed. They themselves will be saved, but nothing on the altar of their life 
They'll make it into heaven only as one escaping through the flames. I know you want your life to amount for something in in the presence of Jesus. That you may offer your life to him as worship in that space. So knowing that he's the judge, that that can change us. I want to be well-pleasing to the Lord. I want to live with the fruit of the Spirit flowing through my life. More kindness, more gentleness, more patience. All of those parts, more love, more joy, that I would walk in obedience to the Lord. And believe me, it's not the what we do necessarily. Like, I, well, I got to go, you know, feed the homeless, or I got to go work in the warming shelter, you know, boom, boom, boom. And yes, those are beautiful things. But I, I bring it down to the simplicity of kindness. Being kind. Just being kind. Angels are keeping track of all that because books will be opened and our lives will be unfolded, right? Look at your neighbor real quick as the worship team is going to begin to play some music. Look at your neighbor and just give him a big old smile. Just give him a big old smile. That that can be so freeing. That can be so freeing. And it costs you nothing. Maybe getting a door for someone who is infirmed or loving on someone who might need a little assistance. Maybe, maybe, maybe simply working hard when your boss isn't watching. So it's not just eye service, but it's integral employment because of whose you are. And you recognize whatever I do, I'll do heartily as unto the Lord, not as unto men. That can be so transformative. I invite you to stand with me this morning. And as you stand, by way of reminder, to tell you the truth, he's equal with God. He is God the Son. To tell you the truth, he is the life giver. Maybe you're here and you just need the Spirit of God to breathe life into your faith and into your walk with Christ. To tell you the truth, he's the judge. There is a resurrection coming and you say, I want to be living more for the Lord. Just more for the Lord. Or maybe you're here and you realize that because he's judge, not only will he be judging the living, but he's going to be judging the dead. And there is, a, there is a great white throne judgment that is coming. And you know people right now that will be there and not at the Bema Seat judgment, the judgment of reward. And you'd say, man, that's got to drive home. And it's my responsibility to go and love and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and seek to convince them and pray for them and encourage them in faith and in their walk with Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and you just need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and you need to commit your life to the Lord for the very first time. If that's you, with eyes open, if that's you, say, I just want to rededicate my life to the Lord. I'm just going to look around for a moment. Just say, yeah, that's me. Got some stuff going on and I just want to give it to Jesus. I see that one in the back. God bless you. Somebody else, you just say, you know what? I, just, I got stuff going on. And I've been away from God and I, want to, I just want to be right with God. Just a minute. I'm just going to look around. Okay, praise the Lord. You need a little life breathed into your walk with Christ. Just a little life. He is the life giver. And you need some life. You want the Spirit of God just to breathe in you fresh life. 
If that's you, just raise your hand real quick. Say, I just want that freshness. There's that fresh spirit, the freshness of God. Lots of hands, lots of hands. Father, we come in Jesus' name and we offer prayers. For the one who said, yes, I want to rededicate and recommit my life to you. We say, come, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In so many ways, it's like a prodigal coming home. It's yes, yes and amen. And we rejoice. Your word simply says, come into our senses. We come home. It's so thankful that there's a party going on in the house. It's time to kill the fatted calf and have a barbecue. Hallelujah. Brother who says, I want to recommit. Praise the Lord. Praise God. And for those who simply say, I want that breath of life breathed over us. God, will you breathe over us in the name of Jesus. Breathe, Holy Spirit, life. It's like when you changed Abram's name to Abraham, you put the, the breath of life into him. Lord, will you breathe life into us. Oh, Holy Spirit, come, fill these earthen vessels, a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And Lord, will you inspire us this week to live for the glory of God, to live to see others come into the faith, that we would be about our Father's business, because to tell you the truth, the real Jesus has stood up, and he's made a stand, and it's our turn to stand with him and say yes and amen. And so, God, we praise you and we give you thanks. And we ask your blessing. And as we sing this chorus, may this be our benediction for your glory and for your namesake, God. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said a hearty amen. Amen. Let's sing this song together. Your prayer.